If you haven't uh, followed the last two, basically what we're looking at is, is the fight for freedom. Is freedom worth fighting for? It certainly is. We, you know, we had Remembrance Day last, last Sunday, just remembering that fight. And then a couple of Sundays ago, just talking about the battle. You know, it is a spiritual battle, the onslaught. And, but we have the weapon, weapons which equip us to win those battles, uh, making sure that we use them well. Um, and uh, then last uh, Sunday, I uh, told a story. Basically, I'm, I'm always a little hesitant about, to talk about uh, this story because it's obviously it's not just personal but I don't want it just to be about me and Kim it's not it, but it is our one since our personal story but this is our story this is the Eastgate story um, and it's got many other people who've contributed to it but obviously I, I can tell my part of the story from a personal perspective but just knowing that it, this is something that God's called us up in it's a God story it's not just our story but um, but the Bible likes telling stories doesn't it so, so we shouldn't be frightened or <coughs> um, and this is, this is a follow-in to it of, of, I want us to receive from, from God uh, the anointing uh, that will enable us to, to push forward in what, the calling he's given to us. So I'm going to preach for not, not that long. I'm going to try and make sure I've landed the preaching by quarter two because then we're going to, we're going to respond in worship and I know that God's going to come in that time uh, on every one of us and anoint us uh, for what he's called us to. Um, uh, I have no doubt about that because he comes. Uh, first meeting, he came in awesome power and he will do again. Um, so we're going to make room to make sure that that happens. Um, so I want to lead you towards that. Um, and when we get to that, I said to folks in the first meeting that it's good to catch the whole church up in that so the youth will be coming up for it. But when you go and get your children, um, if it seems helpful and appropriate to bring them back up so that they receive what God is, is at point. They don't have to understand it to receive it. Does that make sense? It, that, that's, it, so this is about uh, Eastgate as a whole. So if you turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, um, we were talking about beachheads for freedom. How do you establish beachheads for freedom like the the Normandy D-Day beaches, um, and the model that, that God has gave to me personally, and I think is uh, helpful for us as a church, is, is, is the story of Moses, where he led millions of people to freedom. Remember, that, that's, the, that's the responsibility that God has placed upon us, is to help millions of people discover freedom. And as Catherine was saying, that it's spiritual, it's from oppression, it's from sickness, it's, it's all, all the whole dimension of, of what, does, what does freedom mean. And, uh, and Moses uh, had an inter- interaction with God r- around a burning bush, and you're hopefully familiar with that story. Uh, and he called him uh, to go back to Egypt and lead the, the people out. Now, you can understand why Moses was a little bit uncertain, hesitant. He, he, you know, he wasn't wanted back in Egypt. In actual fact, they wanted to kill him back in Egypt. Um, I, I don't think he would have felt a, a, equipped and able. So he, he asked God a very straightforward question in verse 11. He says... Um, Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Um, which is, I think is a fair, fair question. Who am I? And God answers it in, in, a, in a, uh, a way that we need to just understand, take hold. So God doesn't answer him about who he is. God says, I'll be with you. That, that's all you need to know. Because the story is not really about you alone. It's about him. 
you know, who, who, who am I on my own? Who's Pete Carter on his own standing up here to do this? You know, well, I'm a human being. <laughs> have I got the resources to do what, what God has put in front of me? No, I haven't. Neither, none, none of us, even if we put all our human resources together, we couldn't do what God is calling us to. But we don't just have human resources. We have God with us. And that's number one. And that's, that's always been number one here at Eastgate. It's our number one value, the presence of God. So, but God is with us. <clears throat> he said, said to Moses, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. Now, I, I, I've been meditating on this recently. You know, if you had to pick out a sign, you know, after all, you know, you've got all these signs, you've had the plagues, you've got the, going through the Red Sea, you've got the pillar of fire, the pillar of clouds. Well, this is going to be some spectacular sign. That, and it says, she said to Moses, this is going to be the sign that really, this is going to be a sign that you know you've established freedom for people. <clears throat> when you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And for me, worship is, 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 is the summation of it all, which I'm going to talk about. Um, so what do you do with your freedom? What, what do you do with your freedom of choice with your all your resources your time your energy your life what 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 is it that you would choose to put as number one priority in response to your freedom jesus set you free what's the what's the what's what's the first response that i want to make towards that is worship and worship's not just about singing worship is is the devotion of my heart my whole being it's 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 and i i Phrasing it like this, um, see, worship is an inter- internal reality, an internal reality with external expression. Worship is not about the external expression. Now, you, you can be in a meeting like this, you can sing, you can put your arms in the air and not be worshipping. You just sing along with the crowd, you know, football crowds do it. It's, I'm not saying you're not, it's just but it, external expressions hopefully are a sign of, of, of an internal reality. Standing steady, absolutely rock still in worship with, with no expression on your face other than I'm an oak of righteousness or I'm a rock. Do you understand? We, must, we have to be careful not to judge by external expressions. It's the internal reality that, that's the key to, 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 to your worship. What is, what is it that, that, and who is it that, that is, is the, the first has the first call upon your devotion. And as I look around this place, I'm, I'm aware, and I know lots of backstories, which many of you won't, of people who have chosen to worship no matter what. You know, it moves my heart. There, there are uh, it, people who inspire me in this room beyond measure because I've watched them and walked with them through some of the toughest parts of life and seen them decide, day in, day out, you know what, I'm going to worship. Why? Because he's worth it. My worship is not dependent upon my circumstances. If your worship's dependent upon your circumstances, your circumstances are your God. He's my God. And you know, one of the most stunning verses, you know, when I was... Early Christian, I was reading through the Bible, got to the book of Job, you think, hmm, a tough one. Um, you know, Job has pretty adverse circumstances. And it says, in response to those, what it does, he, he bows down and he worships. 
Oh, that's a stunning response. Why? Because God is still God. He is who he is. He doesn't change yesterday, today, and forever. I might not understand everything, but you know what? He is worthy of my praise and adoration. And so, so we need a lifestyle of, you know what? No matter what, I'm going to worship. He will get my devotion. Not just on a Sunday, but actually, you know, throughout life. <clears throat> and it says in, in, in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And you can substitute the word service. The, the word worship also means service. This is, this is how you serve God. This is, this is, this is, this is what it's all about. What, this is what it's all about. In, in response to who God is, in response to his mercy, his grace, his love, we give us, and it says, off your bodies. And, and the Greek word there actually means your entire being. You, the, the, the giving of yourself, your entire being, to him in worship, in service, to serve this amazing God who loves us beyond measure, um, who has a plan for planet Earth and all, all, all creation and the whole universe. He has a plan. So you, you have the privilege of being caught up in God's eternal plan, cosmic plan. Is that not? That's, that's amazing. What a privilege. And you get to choose. Your freedom gives you the, the, the freedom to choose who, who you follow in life, who, who you dedicate your life to, what you dedicate your life to. Now, you know, there are many things in life that I'm dedicated to, yeah? My wife, my children. Uh, Kim would say Chelsea Football Club, and, and, you know, uh, which is true. Um, uh, but how much of my time and devotion do they get? Well, obviously, different lengths. If I'd be in trouble if Chelsea got more devotion than Kim did. You know, that would not, not be a good idea. Um, but also, actually, Kim knows that, actually, without God being my number one devotion, we wouldn't have the life that we want. We're quite clear about it. You know, I know that Kim's first devotion is God. And she knows that my first devotion is God. That doesn't diminish our love for each other in any way. It just enhances it. Our children know that's true. If you look at our kids, they love God. They serve him. And this is the greatest privilege you can have on planet Earth. It says this, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. What you let govern your mind there's a pattern of the world out there that's trying to squeeze you into a mould you need to resist it because what you're meant to be transformed into is the image of God with ever increasing glory he made you magnificent don't exchange your magnificence for something less he made you magnificent and he's making you more magnificent that's that's what the Christian life is why would you exchange that for something else but it will be on offer for you. Just like the, no, it was on offer to Adam and Eve. They exchanged glory for destruction. Then it says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. The outcome of this, as we give ourselves to God, as, as we discipline ourselves <coughs> and, and with our minds, we transformed, then we will understand the will of God. Not just understand it, but, but, but start to fulfill it. And what I love is, is that... that, that it's an, it's an inevitability if you follow Jesus with all your heart or mind you will fulfill the destiny he has for you, you know, it, 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 it might be hard work you know, it's worth a sacrifice but it, it says because Jesus said he's the author and perfecter of our faith he started it, he'll finish it as long as I walk with him he knows where he's taking me I don't know where he's taking me 
you know, I've got some ideas, but he's, he's, got, he's full of surprises. And it's always bigger than I would imagine. He wants to give you more than you ask or imagine. So it's beautiful. And it says his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. It's not, it's not, it's not bad, tough. And, you know, it, it, now, it, it might be challenging to do it, but it is good, pleasing, and perfect. If you want a, an outcome of your life that you could ask sum it up, it's good, pleasing, and perfect. God's got it there for you. So we need to offer our complete beings to God. It says, as, as living sacrifices, as, what, what will I sacrifice for? What will I, what will I give? What, what priority do I place on God? Okay, if we flip for, to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 10 and into 11, it says this. Talking about the word of God. So this is, this is the plan, okay? Do you want to know the plan you're part of? It's a pretty big plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth, just in case you wondered. Everything. That's what you're part of, everything. Good job he's got a lot of people involved. Two billion on planet earth at the moment. People who've gone before us, people who will come after us. All things in heaven and on earth. Got angels who are dedicated to this as well. Not, we're not alone. You have to, all things in heaven and on earth, he will bring back into place. He says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Isn't that beautiful? So when did God choose you? Before the foundation of the world. That's true for every, every human being. Now, not every human being chooses to walk with God. Or in his plan in his service that, that's because that's freedom it's amazing the freedom God, God gives you the choice not to walk with him my question is why would you ever choose that well there are reasons people do but, but you know I, thought, I can't I, you know, I was born again when I was 16 I can't think of any other way to live this is why well, would I ever choose anything less but freedom gives you choice what will you do with your life? What, 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 what is the number one? Well, <laughs> there isn't a doubt. There is no doubt who is number one. Jesus is the name above all names. He's the Lord. It's not going to change. So he is the number one. So if he's not number one in your life, your order's wrong. Does that make sense to you? Because he's made it the way it is, you know. <laughs> But lining up with him makes everything work. <clears throat> I just think, isn't this amazing? That I, I, I approach this personally. I've been chosen, along with all the other Christians, to be part of God's eternal plan. And he's going to work it out according to his... It says his zeal will accomplish this. It's not about his zeal. He's zealous about this. Okay, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this. <clears throat> We are God's masterpiece. He's, he's, he's the ultimate art master. He is, he is creating a, a picture. And I think, understand, you are part of that picture. We, together, with, <laughs> ultimately, he will create a masterpiece. 
And when that masterpiece is complete, he will bring it, history to a completion. Do you know what that master, who that masterpiece is? It's his bride, the church. His ultimate masterpiece is the church. That's why the church is so important. The devil would try and erode that. And I know church gets contaminated by stuff that's not heavenly, but it doesn't mean to say the church is not important. The church is ultimately important. This is what God has chosen to create for his son. I want you to just imagine what it would be like, what it will be like to walk down the aisle towards Jesus. I know that's a, that's a challenge for me as a male. Um, but ladies, but I'm just, I'll get my brain into it. No, seriously, I, I think, you know, I, I thought, wow, walking down that aisle. I remember being at the front of the aisle when Kim walked down and I cried. You know, but it was, it, uh, <coughs> I did. She thought, oh my goodness, he's off again. <laughs> So I want to ask you a question. Who or what gets your worship? Your first devotion. There's a, the most, for me, the most important resource you have with your life is your time. We brought our kids up with an understanding. You know what? You can always get more money. You can never get more time. Time. What do you do with your time? That's number one. How's your time devoted? How much time is devoted to God? Well, it should be all of it, but I know that yeah, sometimes it's specified. Now, now what's, I've been, I was interested recently in, in, in some statistics I came across, um, and it, it was a statistic that came out from a, a church that's, that's a large church within the UK that's a very significant church, uh, growing like crazy, and um, you know, you look at it and think, wow, this is really good. They did a bit of internal research, and they, they, they basically did some research on how often you know, the members of their church came on a Sunday to, 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 to worship together as a congregation and the result was 1.4 times a month average 1.4 times wow that's not that's not good that's not good I want to tell you there is there is a pattern of the world that is happening across the church where, where it's less and less important to gather in congregational worship I want to resist that my greatest privilege that I think every week is to gather with you guys and worship. I wouldn't miss it. I do, occasionally holiday, I'm in other churches, you know, actually, I know, no, hear me, I go, I go to other, a lot of other churches, I love being there, but you know what, I miss being here every Sunday that I'm away. Literally. Why? Because this is home. And I'm happy to go and serve other churches, I've got, I've got masses of invitations in this next, next, <laughs> next year, which we're trying to process. Uh, but you know what? My number one joy is here. So, you know, are you going to go? Why wouldn't I? I know there are reasons. I'm not saying you've got to be here every Sunday. But just, just check yourself on this a little bit, will you? Just check. Just, just do a little rain shake in your brain. 
It's not the only way, and I'm not just saying, but I'm just, for me, it's, I'm going to resist that urge. I want to be here, and, because corporate worship is one of the most powerful expressions that we have of devotion to God and warfare against the enemy. Okay, so number one. How about, the Bible says that you can't serve God and money. There's another one. What do you do with your money? What do you do with this stuff? Well, you'll have it. Everybody faces the challenge of money. If you've got a lot or a little, we'll face it. It's a challenge. <clears throat> and it will vie for your worship. It's really straightforward. <laughs> One of the few things, God, the Bible says, is that or that? Why? Because it is a powerful, powerful entity, money. So choosing to use your money as part of your worship is warfare. Is devotion, is worship. It literally is. That's why I unashamedly say I believe in tithes and offerings because, because I wait sure that God gets that bit of my money every month. Why? Because I'm devoted to him. I believe in it and I trust him. I trust Jehovah Jireh to provide for me. And you know what? He's amazing. Boy, God, does he come out. Then the challenge is, wow, how generous do you want to be? That's another sermon I could get going on that one. But, so, <clears throat> we, we have a responsibility here at Eastgate to build this church. Not, not just the buildings, although, having said that, you've just have a look around at you at the moment. Look at how full this place is. I know we can get some more chairs, and I understand some people couldn't get a place in the car park today. So. Um, it's 15 months, less than 15 months, since we started our, more, our two morning meetings because we were this full 15 months ago. And now the whole morning meeting is a whole level of... It's worth, worth just noting. It's, so we, we have another challenge. <laughs> the director's away. We're scratching our brains about this, this challenge. Why? Because God is causing us to grow. It's, it, now that is a fantastic thing. God wants this church to be in its thousands, not its hundreds. Why? Because he's given us responsibility, extraordinary responsibilities. How many people out there don't know Jesus? How are we going to get there? Everybody's got to play in their part. That's worship. Everybody. And we love to, to, to set people free into their areas of passion and gifting, but you also, there are just areas of need. And, we, and the corporate ownership of all that is actually worship. How we serve one another, how we serve you know, right across the board. Um, <coughs> so it's important that we all play our part, because, you know what, if you think, whatever you're doing, oh, I'm... Just in the teas or coffees. No, 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 you're not. You're preparing the bride of Christ. You're not just doing the car park duty. Just heard one of the great, great stories I've heard this morning. I won't say who's from, but somebody said, I first came to Eastgate a few weeks ago, got out of my car, and immediately the presence of God was so strong I nearly fell over. <laughs> oh, I'm doing my heart good. I think, wow. Because that's why the presence of God, well, it's not just, well, let, get them inside the building, park them well. But no, out there, how far can we extend that? There, there was a story of um, one of the American presidents went to visit NASA. 
I was talking to people, you know, normal scientists, what you're doing, or I'm making this amazing component, this, that, the other, the idea, all the details, and then walking along the corridor, cleaners there, say, hey, what are you doing? And they said, I'm putting a man on the moon. <laughs> what are we doing? We're helping to get the bride ready. That's what it says, helping to get the bride ready for Jesus. <laughs> imagine that. You imagine that. You, you, know, you get to help get Jesus' bride ready. Oh, I'm just doing a bit of kids' work. No, you're not. And we don't get to do this on our own. Isn't that amazing? Because you might say, well, who are we? Ah, we are who we are, but God is with us. And that's our number one, and will continue to be our number one, which is why we're going to do what we do next, because I want you to receive an anointing for a next level of whatever God's called us to together. I did this a few weeks ago with a group of church leaders who came here, and it was God basically told me to tell the story. I didn't, wasn't planning to, and then he asked us to do something. And what I know, the feedback from that, it was... Five weeks ago now, I've been having church leaders just tell me, you know what, it's changed. Something's changed. Something's changed. It's reverberating through the nations. Why? Because when God comes and does something, the day of Pentecost changed something. It wasn't just a nice day. It's breaking things open. And this is breaking things open, not just for us at Eastgate, but the nations. But right now, this is for us. Eastgate is a church family. And if you're part of this church family, you are part of this. And my appeal is, is, is let's give it everything, because it is all for him. It's not for Pete, it's not for Kim, it's not for the directors, this is for Jesus. It's Jesus' house. This will be Jesus' house after I've gone. So, <clears throat> Kim, come up. Donna, who else have we got around? Any other directors here? Well, this is the director's area. David, I knew you were over there, so I might just search him around. So this, what we're doing is, is this is four of the Eastgate directors. There was, there was another three out there. Um, and we just wanted to stand together. Just as a demonstration, this is not just me. It's not just Kim and I. We, this is your leaders standing together with devotion to Jesus, worshipping you, but to release this anointing upon Eastgate. And uh, so, Kim, do you want to... Um, For those of you who've um, heard the previous two messages, um, it has been quite about Pete and and me, but it is very much a corporate anointing, building Greek beachheads for freedom. And this whole thing of freedom is this thing, what what are you going to use your freedom for? And wholehearted devotion to Jesus. And... um, you know, quite often we do sort of like prophetic acts and things, but we're going to, um, you know, it's going to be our worship that is going to sort of um, express our wholehearted devotion to Jesus as we, as a church, um, stand and, and um, commit ourselves um, again to him. Um, you know, God's been speaking to me a lot about our, um, our devotion. It really is not dependent on our circumstances. It is a choice that we make. And when we look out at you this morning, guys, you are our family. You know, some of you have been around a long time. Some of you are are fairly new. 
it doesn't matter. You're all part of the same family. You're part of God's family. And if you're, if you're a member here, you're a part of this family. And, you know, our, our desire is that as a, as a church, we go on together, giving all of our devotion to Jesus and serving him in the way that he's called us to as individuals and as the church here. And if you're not a member, if you're just visiting here, that's fine because God, you know, God demands your full devotion wherever you are, whatever, um, whatever church family you're in. This is for you as well. Yeah, just what Catherine said this morning about uh, leaves falling. Um, just talking to somebody else who uh, God had spoken, uh, told them that God would speak through leaves this morning, just to encourage you. So that's that's two people, isn't it? Um, I just want to endorse what these guys are saying, really. And uh, you know, you never, you know, you can never lose if you give yourself to God. In fact, you can only gain. So actually, as you receive more anointing, you're just gaining. You're never losing. Even if there's a sense of surrender of your life to him, you know, that you are going to gain from stepping out. And uh, it is exciting. It's, it's great to have got to this point. Uh, on the two directors away days that we've just been on, uh, we're in quite a low building, weren't we? Oh, low, there was a you know, low ceiling in, in this particular room in the building. So you could literally, I could literally, don't often do this, uh, my son, who's six foot two, does this all the time. But um, I don't often put my hands on the ceiling. And I felt God say to me this, that our ceiling is your floor. All right? If you want to translate that, you could say, well, what God has presently done is not a ceiling. We're not stopping here, you know, of 700 people or so, and children and you thrown in. That actually is just a platform for us to build on. And it's exciting. It'll be demanding but it'll also be thrilling, and, uh, you know, you're going to enjoy whatever you give yourself to in God, you will enjoy. So I'm going to ask you to stand. I, I can't make your internal reality. Only you can. It's a choice. I'm going to invite you to, to choose to make God your number one. Your, 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 now, if you don't know him, you can do this right now. You get born again. If you, if you do know him, it's a... It's a it's Keep going, and we're going to use some songs. Um, this will go past the, the one o'clock mark. When, what I'm suggesting, when, when you go out and get your children, um, I would suggest you get them place, bring them back in, because what God's going to do with us. Okay, so so we'll, we'll lead you through that. But I will now pray and release the anointing of heaven over you, Father. We re- we receive the anointing you want to give to us. We choose to make you our number one. We we'll give you our devotion. Our whole worship, we choose to be devoted to you. And Jesus, thank you for the privilege of being part of your bride, that one day we will walk down the aisle to be yours for all eternity. And we choose to give ourselves to getting this bride ready in whatever way we can. So we're going to use no longer a slave to fit it. The part of the song which says, you split the sea so I could walk right through. I want you to look at that and think, choose to walk through the, the sea that is now split into your destiny, okay? Could it, Eddie?